0: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com/slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDIC. Episode 183 of the Shock Shock Nicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean Saint-Jacques back here with you for the last podcast of this calendar year of 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, Hope you're enjoying the holidays and enjoying some time off with friends and family as always. um, We're going to get to the Knicks. Uh, I'm down. Maybe you can hear it in my voice. The last three games have just been extremely gut-wrenching. Almost every last second of the uh, fourth quarter just felt... Like a slow death, it it really did. Especially, really, it was really the last five minutes. But it it felt like a slow and slow, painful death in Dallas. We'll get to that. We will touch on the Bulls' uh, loss as well and uh, the tough one against the Sixers on Christmas Day. The Knicks play later on on Thursday, the day the podcast is being recorded. They are in San Antonio uh on thursday night we will talk about that game next week because uh, the podcast goes out or i should say i'm recording the podcast just before the game tips off uh have other things going on obviously so the way that's going to work is that we'll talk about it next week uh in the new year believe it or not the uh this is the last podcast of 2022 an early happy new year to you and your family and your friends and uh if we have time, uh, <laughs> if we have time, we'll talk about uh, what's going on around the, the rest of the NBA. The, the Nets are red hot. They've won 10 in a row. The Pelicans are still atop the Western Conference, trying to fend off the likes of Memphis and Phoenix. And uh, we'll get to all of that if we have time. But boy, we have to slog through and pick up the pieces from one of the worst losses I, I think I can ever remember. Uh, as a Knicks fan, uh, the, the Knicks, uh, you know, going to Dallas knew before the game they weren't going to have Jalen Brunson, so he was not going to have his return. Well, he, you know, obviously he was there, he was on the bench. He looked devastated, you know, at the end. I think you could tell how much he would have loved it if his team could have picked him up and gotten the win. Uh, they did enough to win the game, the Knicks. They really did. And uh, once again, the issue of closing games out comes to mind you know i've been covering some some college basketball the last few weeks a little bit during the holidays as well and you know it's so funny how uh the knicks unlike any other team you know are are, uh especially in the nba they get talked about a lot in basketball circles and and i ended up having multiple conversations over the last couple of weeks with coaches with you know media members with friends with colleagues about the knicks and and how they've been you know going about it the last few games. And um, the number one thing that that I've been getting a consensus from and that I've been saying as well, and, and this has come up many times before, it's not like we're saying anything new, but, you know, everyone is noticing it, people in the basketball world and just casuals, that the Knicks cannot close games out. They struggle to do it. And the Dallas game is... The Dallas game is a tough one in that regard because... One of the players now that you expect to close games out was not available. Jalen Brunson was sitting the game out. Didn't play a minute, obviously. You also lose R.J. Barrett two minutes into the game, and I think that was something that got forgotten about because of how well Emmanuel Quickly played, how well Quentin Grimes played, and how well Miles McBride played in the game. I thought all three of them were tremendous. And in particular, I thought Quentin Grimes, uh, his performance overall, I thought, was was tremendous. He really, once again, showed the promise that we have been seeing from him over the last few weeks and uh, in his first two seasons in the NBA. You know, I thought Julius Randle played well, too, for maybe all but three minutes of the game. Um, I, I really... I really thought that, you know, he was being aggressive down the stretch when the Knicks needed somebody to have the basketball. I also want to give credit, you know, to to Miles McBride. The Knicks obviously had the nine-point lead with whatever it was, 33, 26, whatever, however many seconds were on the clock. Miles McBride made some huge free throws down the stretch that put the Knicks in a position to win the game. Put the Knicks in a position to win the game and you know he had 14 points but he made five of six from the free throw line i think four of those came in the last you know in the in the final few seconds of the game and he he stepped up and made the free throws you know that that was something that i was i was thinking about during the game because i have to admit when the knicks took a nine point lead I kept saying to myself, you got to get it to double figures, get it to double figures, put Dallas away. And the Knicks never did it, you know, and that was, you know, there was some missed free throws here and there, but you can't, I know Mitchell Robinson missed four, four free throws, but my other, my other slight gripe in that regard, there's bigger gripes, but one of my thoughts on it is, is how, how on earth are you letting Mitchell Robinson find himself in these positions? Make sure he doesn't get the ball. Make sure somebody, anybody but Mitchell Robinson gets the ball. Because again, these add up. Two of those four missed free throws came back to haunt the Knicks in a really big way. Two of them opened the door for Spencer Dinwiddie and Luka to claw the Mavericks back into the game. And I'll get to Luca in a second, but I want to mention this as well. I, I thought the Knicks defensively handled pretty much all of it relatively well in the final few seconds. It came down to missed free throws, because again, Mitchell Robinson cannot be put in that spot. And, and I and I can't. Uh, I, I know it's it's he did he had he had a good overall game. Twenty nine points and eighteen rebounds but mitchell robinson i beg your pardon julius randall missed two big free throws down the stretch as well but the whole issue is that the knicks should never have been in that position the knicks for for whatever reason whether it's the dna of the team which starts with the coach that start this that the the, the lack of closing games out that that's that that begins and ends with a head coach That's a mental side of the game, you know? And so many of the tough losses the Knicks have had around this eight-game run where they've won eight in a row and now they've lost four in a row after the debacle in Dallas have been lackluster execution in the final minutes of a game where the Knicks don't close a team out. I mean, we saw what happened in the Clipper game the other night as well. You've got to close a team out if you can. If you can get it to 12 points, get it to 12. And then if you're at 12, get it to 15 if you can. The biggest lead you can have in the late stages, the less chance an NBA team has of getting back into a game. Especially a team with Luka Doncic on it, and I, and I gotta give Luka a lot of credit, a lot of credit, he was the only Mav I thought that didn't give up, you know, when when the Knicks had the nine-point lead, Luka would look like the only player still going for Dallas, that was still trying to win the game, still trying to get everybody focused, and try to execute down the stretch, look, you look around at the rest of the Mavs on the court, they, they were ready to give it up, they were ready to be done, they 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 conceded they were going to lose the game. Luka kept fighting. Luka never gave up. And he had a a historic night. 60 points, 21 rebounds, which I believe is a career high for him and 10 assists. I mean, he was tremendous. Tremendous all night. Uh frankly, you know, despite that, I think Dallas has to look at the fact that he had 60 In the end, but they should have lost that game. You know, Luca had fifty for a while, and the way that was going, he would have scored fifty, and the Mavs would have lost the game. That's that's a bad sign for Dallas going forward. But Luca pulls a rabbit out of his hat at the end of the game, and you know McBride makes the free throws at the other end. It's a three point game. Luca makes the first free throw with four point two seconds left. Misses the second one intentionally. And then this is the play that I really really want to look at as well. Because I want to give Julius Randle some credit here. He makes the right play on the ball. And I actually talked with uh I, I talked with a college coach about this the other day. And he we we talked about it. he agreed. Julius Randle makes the exact right play you're supposed to make in that situation he gets up highest he has position and he taps it into an area where it's very easy for a teammate to get it you have a very high percentage a high percentage chance that one of your guys is going to get the ball the issue was the knicks had two guys in the area neither of them let the other one get it they both go for the ball and it pops right into luka Doncic's hands and luka in one motion throws it up to the rim and it goes in with a second left to tie the game that despite everything that happened and the mavs said after the all the mavs said after the game they got lucky obviously there's luck involved but you got to make your own luck And in a lot of ways, when you're not closing games out, you only have yourselves to blame. The Knicks have themselves to blame here. There's no question about that. And for me, I looked back at that play earlier today. I was at a loss for words. At a loss for words. Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride both had tremendous games. And they made a mistake. Neither Neither of them it's like it's like a center fielder and a right fielder in the outfield of a baseball game someone's gotta take charge or someone's got to call the other one off and say it's mine give it to me in my in my opinion that that's not being talked about enough that's a that is a as they say across the pond it's a schoolboy error it's a very simple mistake And, and in my opinion grimes is right there grimes is right there If Miles McBride doesn't go for the ball, Grimes makes the catch, and the Knicks win the game. I'm almost sure of it. Because all he has to do is is make a couple free throws, and Dallas has to heave it at the buzzer. Game's over. Although with Luka, who knows? Maybe he makes it anyway. Who knows? But you're almost as short of a victory if Quentin Grimes is is unabated there and just catches the ball. Game's over. He could have also... Again, if he catches the ball with a second left, he just has to turn. The game's over. You take another half second off the clock, it's done. Game is over. But they collide, the ball pops up, Luka's right there. And and, and you gotta give Luka a lot of credit. I'm not sure there's anybody playing in the NBA right now that seizes a moment better than Luka Doncic. Maybe Steph Curry, but... Luca, he just has a knack for being exactly where he has to be in the big moments. And he's right there to to stick it back up all in one motion. He knew exactly how much time was on the clock. He knew exactly how he had to get it back up for the best chance to pop in. And he flings it back up right at the rim and it falls in tie game. And if you thought the Knicks are going to go on and win it in overtime, God bless you. I thought they had no shot. I knew, I knew the game was over as soon as that basket went in. Quickly heaves it at the other end. He had no chance of making it. it. It's such a difficult shot from that distance. Although I think he hit the backboard, to be fair to him. And then you go to overtime, and, and it was done. The, the Knicks had ran out of steam. They ran out of gas. You could see when they were going to the bench after Luka made the shot. The game was over. And again, the... You know, if you saw if Jalen Brunson plays the game and that happens, you could think maybe Jalen Brunson and or somebody can lead you in overtime. You didn't have Jalen Brunson, you didn't have RJ Barrett, and you had the Mavericks dead to rights. Dead to rights. The game was over. Dallas thought the game was over. And you let them back in. And if you give Luka an inch, boy, does he know how to take a mile. 60, 21, and 10. He needed every point of it. Dallas 126, Knicks 121, four straight losses, absolutely devastating, devastating loss. And, and and by the way, in a season where the Knicks have had multiple, I mean, we're getting close to 10 now, devastating losses, really bad, really bad losses, bad, bad results where they look like they've got, they're going to win or they have a big lead either at the half or late in the fourth or they, you know, had a chance to come back and they let it slip. They make a mistake. This one is, is the worst of the bunch. We keep seeing new lows with the Knicks, not being able to close games out. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm really starting to run out of words to describe it. It was, it was hard to hard to watch live because you could tell you can tell the moments where you could feel the Knicks letting the Mavericks back into the game. You could see it happen. I I was watching the game by myself, but I texted a buddy of mine with with 25 seconds left and I said, "This is how you let the this is how you let the Mavs back in. It. This is how the Knicks can lose the game." And my friend said, "They're not going to lose the game." <laughs> And I said, if they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to give the Mavericks a chance to tie the game. And the Mavericks tied the game. Again, I still couldn't believe how they did it, but you could feel it. You could feel it happening. Teams that don't know how to close out games, you can feel when they are starting to lose their grip on a game. You can see it. You can feel it. Heck, you can smell it. It, you you it's all over them. You could see it falling apart very slowly. And if you don't put a plug in the hole, the boat is going to sink. And the Knicks left the Mavericks just enough time to climb back in the boat themselves and sink the Knicks instead. That's exactly what happened. the The Knicks had put a cannonball through the side of Dallas's ship. They're sinking. They've hit the iceberg. They're going down. The Knicks are on the lifeboats, and the Mavericks, who are in the water, climb into the lifeboats, and they throw the Knicks out of the lifeboat. How's that for a metaphor? The game was over. The Knicks were safe. They were home. They were dry. And the Mavericks absolutely stole stole one away from them. And the tough part is, again, the tough part is really is that after the incredible run the Knicks have just been on, they won eight straight, they beat a number of very good teams during that run, the Knicks have now lost four in a row, and almost all of the good work they've just done to get themselves in a good spot in the playoff race has just been undone in, in a little under two weeks. It's it's Unbelievable. But again, this is what we said last week. When, you know, On the last show, I mentioned this. These next three, because the Knicks had just lost to Toronto. Pascal Siakam had 52 at the Garden, and the Knicks lost. They had that really bad foul call go against them at the end of the game with two minutes left. Siakam was fouled by Brunson. And I said, this is, this is a big moment. The Knicks have got to bounce back from this because one loss can turn into two, two can turn into three, and now here we are in reality, and three has turned into four. The Knicks have really started to go backwards again. And for whatever reason, this has just been the Knicks the last couple of seasons. When they lose one, they lose three. They can't stop the bleeding. Or... They alternate. Win-loss, win-loss. They get a win, then they lose again. They get a win, they lose again. They get a win, they lose again. They get eight wins, they lose four. The consistency couldn't be more absent from this team. It's incredible. It really is remarkable how they can't seem to put a good run together without paying the price for it. Almost. It's odd. It's in a way it is, it's become normalized with this team, you know? And now we have to see how long Jalen Brunson's going to be out. I'm not, I'm not sure I haven't gotten the chance to see yet, but Grimes and quickly are going to, that's the other thing too. That's devastating about the loss, right? I was looking at the box score again, earlier today in preparation for the show that the Knicks throw away five really good performances Julius Randle always gives you a great performance but he was tremendous for most of the night Mitchell Robinson I, I thought played his best game of the season was dominant 20 and 16 he had seven offensive rebounds You know Emmanuel quickly. I know he shoot. He shot the ball bad from the field. He was poor shooting the ball, but he had thirteen points, and he had fifteen assists. He had eleven assists in the first half, which was almost a Nick record. I mean, he couldn't have filled it any better as far as getting teammates involved. And Quentin Grimes has another one of his best games as a Nick. Thirty three points throw in six rebounds, and he had four assists. I didn't even see that. He had four assists, made seven of his 16 threes. Quentin Grimes was the leading scorer for the Knicks. He was tremendous all night, all night. And and, and Deuce McBride had 14 points. And like I said earlier, he did struggle shooting from three, but he made five huge free throws put the Knicks in a position to win. I know, again, he has the miscommunication with Grimes. that leads to the Luka putback, but McBride hits the free throws that gives the Knicks... His free throws give the Knicks a chance to win the game despite everything that went against them at the end, despite Luka dragging Dallas back into the game. McBride goes to the line. He still makes the free throws. I mean, that takes guts. That takes a lot of heart to do that. So I give him a lot of credit. But then there's there's no debate. The Knicks coughed it up and you got to give Luka credit on top of it. It was a combination, right? It's never yeah, you know, the 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 one of the dumbest questions you'll hear a reporter ask a, a player, "Did you lose it or did they win it?" It, it it's always both. Like you can't it, it it's such it's such a Such a dumb question to ask. Like anything in life, there's multiple reasons why things happen. And the Knicks opened the door, or I should say they left the door open. And Luca, the other Mavs, by the way, look at the open door and think, "Eh, that's pretty far away. That that door is pretty far away. I don't think we're going to get in that door. That door is two blocks away. We got to get in that door in 10 seconds. I don't think we're going to do it. And Lucas made it halfway across the first block. he's thinking, no, we can get there. We're going to get there in time. Just keep running. Keep running. We're going to get there in time. And you're thinking, man, there's cars in the way. You know, it's a busy street. I don't think they're going to get through that door, man. And meanwhile, one of the Nick players finally, oh, the door's open. It's getting a little cold in here. Maybe we should close the door. And then the door's slightly, you, know, you close it halfway. It's still open. Still open. And then before you know it, Luca's got a hand in the door. And as soon as you let Luca get a hand in the door, he's going to open the door and the game is over. And that's how you lose games to good teams. Man, Luca, I I have to say, I was in the moment, I was devastated. I, I was speechless for the next like hour and a half. I couldn't talk to anybody after the game was over. I had to write the article for the post game, but uh for the recap however um in the days since the game happened i i i come away being extremely impressed with the fight that luka doncic has i mean not many players in the nba would have been able to do that not many luka's a very special player and uh without his fight you know dallas probably loses the game by 12 or 13 he fights back and, and he comes back from nine down with 33, 26, whatever it was, seconds left. Ties the game and then leads them to victory in overtime. Very impressive. But once again, the Knicks have some soul searching to do. They really have some soul searching. Because that was, that was embarrassing. Again, you know, again that, that, that's a word that I feel like we're almost overusing at this point. But the Knicks had the game won three or four times. In the final 40 seconds, something like that. The, the game was over multiple times. You're thinking, that's got to be it. The game has to, you have to put them away right now. And the Knicks just felt the cold breeze coming from the door that was still ajar. And they thought, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there, we'll close the door. And they never closed the door. And the Mavs came back, took full advantage and they won the game. And it's, it would have been the Knicks' best win of the season. I think that's the last, the last thing I want to mention about it is no Brunson Barrett plays two minutes, gets taken off with an injury to his finger, and you still outplayed Dallas for, let's say, 47 and a half minutes. And in the end, the last 30 seconds are, are what cost you the game. And it it's a loss that man I mean I'll just say this I don't know how long the plane ride is from Dallas to San Antonio, but it must have felt like a, it must have felt like a 12 hour flight. I, I honestly going into the Spurs game, the way the Knicks are mentally, I I don't know how they're gonna do. I the Spurs are not very good. They've been playing a little bit better of late, but I, I could see the Knicks going and easily making this a five game losing streak and then who knows what happens from there the tough part is you just gotta win one win one win one and then it can turn like that winning feeling for teams that struggle on the mental side of things is huge just win a game and it changes like that changes on a dime but now we have to to wait and see what happens we'll talk about that game against San Antonio next week you know it'll already be final as the podcast goes out but uh, we'll see but man that was a tough way to uh, tough way to come off the holidays going towards the new year make no mistake about that I'm way over for the first half of the show uh, so I'm going to take the break here When we come back, we'll briefly look back at the Sixers and Bulls games, two more heartbreakers. (laughs) And, uh, and then if we have time, we'll look around the rest of the league and then we'll send you off into 2023 on the shock, shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network. All right, let's do the Chicago game first. Uh, this, this has been a downer, man. It's been a downer show. I, I, and it's it's we have to talk about it. Um, but it, it's a downer. It's a downer, you know, especially coming off the the great couple of weeks the Knicks had had earlier in this month, and and they're really finishing off twenty twenty two with a couple of stinkers. I mean, it really has been a devastating end to the twenty twenty two portion of this season, and uh, you know, I. I I'll admit, you know, with uh, the, the Chicago game, I didn't get a chance to watch the first half, but the second half, again, multiple chances for the Knicks to close the game out. The Knicks had a, a huge second quarter, which erased a tough first quarter where, where I thought Chicago played with that desperation we talked about. They needed to win the game. The Knicks in the third quarter, they win the quarter, but they had a chance to maybe extend the lead to double figures and and potentially put their foot on the throats of the bulls and put them away they had multiple opportunities once again but the stars for chicago kept them in the game zach levine had excuse me at 33 demar Derozan, who hits the game-winning shot with less than half, less than half a second left he had 25 and 10 assists Nikola Vucevic is a Nick killer 21 and 12 but to be fair the Knicks had a, a huge performance from R.J. Barrett R.J. Barrett puts up 44 points quickly puts up 15 I forgot about that Randall had another big night 29 and 12 you know I, I thought Jalen Brunson struggled a little, a little bit shooting of course he only had 12 points but he still had nine assists and What's so great about Jalen Bronson is when he's struggling, he can still get other guys involved and they can flourish instead. And that's exactly what happened. But once again, in the latter stages of the game, the Knicks had plenty, plenty of opportunities to put Chicago away. They just don't have that killer instinct to see a team down and Put them out of their misery put them away send them home and yes the Knicks win the season series over Chicago but they should have swept them out of the garden swept them out of there and that that game really was a gut punch at the time because coming off the Toronto game you're thinking if the Knicks can get this win over the Bulls you're kind of back on track nine out of the last 10 are wins and you feel good You feel good going into Christmas Day with a chance to pass or at least tie the Sixers. But you lose that game. You go to Christmas Day, and I I had to watch the highlights. I didn't get a chance to watch the game live. But the Knicks come out in the first quarter, and they smack Philly around for 12 minutes. I thought they were much the better team in the first quarter. And then immediately they let Philly completely erase the deficit. Knicks had a 12-point lead after the first quarter. They they let Philly right back in. They they give up, I think all but one point of that lead in the or all but two. They they let they let Philly get right back into the game. And Philly, in my opinion, I know it was tight for a majority of the second half. But Philly w- was the team that took control right away in the second half. They rode the momentum from the second quarter. And the Knicks were playing catch-up for a majority of the second half. And again, Randall put. Randall has a big night. Brunson, I thought, was great. R.J. Barrett had a double-double. Mitchell Robinson had a big game rebounding the basketball. It's not like the performances aren't there. They are. Guys are playing well. It's the mental hurdle at the end of the game where the Knicks, especially, you know, I, I was talking to a couple of buddies about this when it comes to closing the game out. Even when the Knicks have the full complement, right? You know on the offensive end who's going to take the shots. It, it's more than likely going to be either Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle. Those are your guys down the stretch that are expected to take the shots. However, in my opinion... It's on the defensive end where, where the Knicks can't close games out. I, I go back to the Dallas game briefly. The Knicks, looking back, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but even in the moment, I'm, I, I kept thinking for five straight possessions, man, if the Knicks can just get a stop. They just need one stop. Get a stop. Because in that position, either then you're going to get fouled or you can take 15 to 20 seconds off the clock. The Knicks never got the stop they needed to close out the game. The, Bull, the Bulls game is similar. There were multiple times where the Knicks just needed a stop. Just get a stop. It's excruciating to watch. And the Knicks either don't get a stop and let a bucket go in, or they foul. And that was the where the Dallas game was excruciating. the The Dinwiddie three in particular, nobody even gets up on him. He basically stepped into a wide-open three. He had plenty of time to make up his mind. The Knicks weren't, I know they don't want to foul, but you got to put a hand in his, get something to try to put off the shot. And he makes it. So then Dallas has, okay, Dallas, they've sparked it. They're back to life. They're back in it. And then again, they, they the Knicks find a way. They just find a way to not close the games out. And when you, again, when you leave the door ajar in the NBA, and the Knicks are not the only team. There, there's other teams. We talked about the Clipper game the other night. That crazy finish. You got to put teams away or they will come back and get you. And, and each of these last four losses in particular have been brutal they've been absolutely brutal and frankly i don't know where the knicks go from here this is a problem that has persisted for almost the entirety of the season so far you know standings wise the knicks are, are still in pretty good shape but when when you look at the way they finish games you, you really wonder when it's going to really you, you start to wonder the knicks will win games and, and, and all that stuff but whether they're actually going to have success this year. It hinges on that. It hinges on their ability to close games out and specifically to get stops on the defensive end of the floor. They can't do it when it matters most. And and that's a mental side of the game. That's a mental part of the game. That I, I don't know if they'll be able to figure out. You know, this is a season where it could come down to the last few games as far as playoffs versus playing, or maybe even playing versus not getting in at all. And in those big games, if they're if they're close again, even the play in, if the Knicks make the play in, and forget about the playoffs, can the Knicks in in a game that matters get the stops they need to win? consistently i don't think they can not right now and the good teams to great teams are are making the knicks pay for it boy are they making the knicks pay for it right now And, and again that philly game was such a big opportunity such a huge chance to make a statement but once again the knicks continue to have a bugaboo against against Philly. In general, but especially when Joel Embiid is on the floor, they can't deal with him. They cannot deal with him. It's remarkable. It's it's again, it feels like a mental mental side of the game that the Knicks just don't have don't it's not equipped. They they just don't they they lack that ability to to be killers as far as, you know, that killer instinct. Put them away finish the game off a seven point lead a nine point lead not good enough finish the job make it impossible for your opponents to come back you know one of the one of the coaches i've been working with recently for broadcast mentioned in in the context with the knicks he said it's why i get on my players or why i used to get on my players when we had a seven or eight point lead with three or four minutes left put your foot on the gas Put your foot on the gas. Because now, we you, know, you have a 7 or 8 point lead. It's in your control now to put them down. Make it impossible for them to come back. You have a chance to win the game right now. Win the game. Don't wait to win it at the end. They might get back into the game by then. Win it now. Because then it won't matter in two minutes of game time when you have a 12 or a 13 point lead instead of a six point lead it's especially in the nba fine margins like that really dictate the outcome of games before we get out of here because i'm getting t- <laughs> it, it gets frustrating you get tired of talking about it i've i've now been talking about it for almost 38 minutes here but we'll look briefly around the rest of the nba and then i i hate to to have this tone, but it's frustrating it's frustrating i almost feel like i'm i'm the i'm the boring teacher now sending the kids off to 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 break for the holiday with new year's coming up here but it's rough it's rough being a nick fan all of a sudden again it, it 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 comes and goes right the last you know that eight game winning streak it was feeling great and then all of a sudden it's right back to where we're used to being which is just absolutely absolutely heartbreaking it really is real quick quick uh you know whip around the nba almost as shocking as how the knicks have been losing games lately it's been the brooklyn nets and how they've been winning games lately they obviously have a lot of talent but didn't think that they'd be able to click this well again we'll see how it goes long season right (laughs) we said the knicks you know they won eight in a row and all of a sudden you know, can, can they be, you know, in that contention for the top five and six, but all I'm saying is things change. It happens. So this won't last forever with Brooklyn, but all of a sudden they've won 10 in a row. Excuse me. And they're rolling. They've been tremendous. They've been, I think it's the longest winning streak a team's had in the NBA this year. I could be wrong, but at least of late, it's the long, it's the longest. And they've been really, really strong as of late middle of these continues to get congested Miami's won seven of their last 10 I, I I told you don't forget about Miami I told you they're gonna figure it out they're starting to figure it out and they're they're all of a sudden tied with the Knicks and the Pacers for that sixth and final playoff spot for the automatics before you get into the play-in and despite the good uh performances of late from pascal siakam the raptors are still out of the play-in spots it's remarkable that they still can't figure it out they're they're they've won three of their last 10 they've been really struggling and in the west pelicans are still at the top of the west along with denver phoenix is falling off a little bit the last time since the last time we mentioned them memphis is right there the clippers have won seven of their last 10 Sacramento man Sacramento continues to to stay in this thing it's great to see for them and that franchise especially the fans the fans have been put through the ringer for 20 years really in Sacramento very similar to the Knicks in in a lot of ways and uh, good to see them finally getting back into the mix and Dallas has now won four in a row after that miracle against the Knicks Uh, Included in there as well, and the Trailblazers and the Utah Jazz continuing to tread water in those playing spots. One quick thing that I want to mention that that that's starting to really become a story in the West. Minnesota goes out right; they get Rudy Gobert to join that team, and and everyone, including myself, we're thinking, is this is this their time? Can Minnesota put it together, and can they be the team? starts to challenge and break up the normal top six in the Western Conference. They are now three games below five hundred and they're a game and a half out of the final play-in spot, which is currently occupied by the defending champion Golden State Warriors. And the, the T-Wolves have lost four in a row and seven of their last ten. They're in a little bit of trouble. Minnesota, the way they're playing... I think they've been a little bit injury prone this season. They're in a little bit of a of a of a rough spot right now. They're they're in some trouble, and I'm very curious to see what the next few weeks are going to look like for them. And by the way, Golden States won three in a row, but they still can't play. They they can't win a road game to save their life. They're three and sixteen on the road, fifteen and two at home. That's the best home record in the west but it's also the worst road record in the west i don't know what golden state is going to look like in the playoffs if especially if they don't have home court if they can't figure it out as far as getting home court and to be fair they're still three games out of the they're only three games out of the number four seed and they're in 10th just shows you how crazy the west is but they could be there for the taking and Steph's still out. So golden state's got some work to go. You know, clay Thompson now has been a little banged up. So golden state's got a lot to try and sort out as we get into 2023, make no mistake about that as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the shock, shock Knicks podcast. Thank you all so much as always for listening. Let me know what you think about how the Knicks are handling things at the moment, especially in the latter stages of games. Let me know in the comments below on postingandtoasting.com, whether it's on the podcast or on one of the articles I contribute to the website, or you can hit me up on Twitter, as always, at J 7 to let me know your thoughts on the Knicks or the NBA in general. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Holidays, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network.